welcome, one welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political hummingbird, Kobe Omanaka, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts and political condors in Diane and Tatten. Guys, how are you doing today? Excellent. Ready to get our talons into some political <laughs> Oh, <stuff>. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We're here. Hello, everybody. I <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. We were just talking before we started about the disparity between the North and the South. At uh, Tuesday this week, it was uh, icy and frosty on the cars for me, but you guys were dancing around in, in flip-flops and, and shorts, I believe, in the South. Yeah, and I've got a hose pipe band now as well. So that is how things are uh, rolling down here. Yeah. That's how it's shaping up straight away. Yeah. Out to the gates. Yeah. I mean, why hang around? Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. We're on. <laughs> Starting off with the first section, the top post of the week. This is where we look and review the top posts as posted on the Simple Politics Instagram feed. Tatten, what do we have? I mean, I'm crying with this first one. In number three, amazing it's only number three, but in number three was Dominic Raab being fired. Well, no, he wasn't fired. He, crucially, he wasn't fired. He, he resigned on Friday morning. And there's so much to talk about here, but I'm not going to go into it in too much detail. It's important to say that he didn't shout at people, he didn't swear at people, he didn't throw things at people. And it's important to say that because often when you think about bullying in the workplace, that's the kind of behavior. He just wasn't very nice. He works stupidly hard and he wants everyone else to be working stupidly hard. And if you're not doing that, then he's going to get cross with you. The report referred to deliberately intimidating and humiliating people when he felt their work isn't good enough. And vitally here, he's not their boss. They are civil servants. Their boss is higher up the civil service chain of command. If he has a problem with the way someone works, he needs to speak to their boss. He needs to speak to other civil servants to pass that message down. And he didn't. And he, he, he held meetings just to tell people off, which was something that was seen to be humiliating. There's no reason to do it. And he believed, he, he said he'd resign if any of them came back as bullying because he didn't believe it was bullying. So he carries on and it comes out, he's not very nice, it's bullying, he's gone, he's still bitter about it. We've had PMQs this week and there wasn't that much chat about it. And I'll tell you why there wasn't that much chat about it. Because Diane Abbott had to have the Labour whip removed on Sunday for saying some awful things. The SNP, half of them are going to prison because of some awful things with money. That might have been rounded up, but yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's roughly half. I don't know. I don't know how many. <laughs> Nobody is really on a great footing no. to start pointing the finger here. You know, the Conservative Party have had that gambling MP, that MP that was found to be, you know, talking about corruption. Andrew Bridgen has been fired, not just a Conservative MP, he's no longer a member of the Conservative Party because he just spouts nonsense. And he's so rich. Yesterday he was saying that he has saved children because of speaking out about the vaccine. He's ultimately saved children. So if he's going to have to sacrifice his job for saving those lives, then that's okay. We are in the doldrums with these people. We've talked about bullying before. I'm not going to mention the name. It's someone as, as a surprise to me. It was a, a person who was kind of vicious and shouted at people and intimidated physically, maybe not striking out, but just using their stature to intimidate. So when I heard about Domin Rob, I, I immediately just assumed that was almost par for the course. And this is just another person. I'm sure I know that people would come out of it as well. I like the way that you've described the bullying there. And I like the way that people, have, there's been some resolution to it as well in that it's not such an obvious format in this way. Number two, Diane. Okay, so number two, 
perhaps not surprisingly, on Sunday, we had the first UK mobile phone emergency alert, which I know you wanted to be a great surprise, Kobe. <laughs> I hope it was everything you dreamed of. It wasn't. I literally looked at my phone <laughs> at like 1pm and then there was the simple politics post saying, by the way, in two hours time, you're going to get a uh, crying out loud I, know. I said it on this podcast multiple times oh, I, know. I know i did it to myself people were really keen to talk about that on sunday what did we learn from the whole thing well i guess if anything goes down and we all need to head for the hills check on your friends who are on three mobile because they they did not get the alert that's terrible isn't it that's really bad yeah so that's being looked into i guess what's come out over the past couple of days is the government have said it got to about 80 percent of of people that they wanted to hit with this test and and they've said that's a reasonable number you know that's for them for a first go it was reasonable but three have been singled out as a provider they need to work a bit more with and find out what went on there Lots of chat, you know, lots of chat about what it's going to be used for. That's the big, big conspiracy theory. What are people suggesting? Oh, you know, all sorts, all sorts. War, more pandemics, all the rest of it. But it was Oliver Darden who talked about it this week. And what he said is there are no plans to do another test for quite some time. So it was a test. It was something they're going to look at more on a long-term basis. So something that, you know, they want to, they want to get it right, but, you know, it's not like, oh, they've got a particular thing they're focusing on and want to get it, you know, nailed for this year. It's not going to be like that. They're going to work through the the things that they learned in this pilot and, you know, maybe expect another one in the next year or so. I feel that the guys on the three network should be signed off and have their own day set aside at some point in the future just yeah to, that could happen just to test it for that them. could happen but all in all a bit of an anticlimax, really i think at number one tatin at number one was a post that we didn't see coming at number one was about pretzo because what sp people like is well pizza and food and things like that we post about yeah, greggs and eggs a lot recently because food is such an important part of our everyday experience, right? We know, when the cost of food goes up, we notice it because we're going around the supermarket and it costs more, and then you have to work out what you're not going to spend the money on, right? Because you cut the food is pretty much non-negotiable. We've already scaled back. We're already in Aldi rather than Waitrose. You know I mean, we're already using those ranges. So We've got a different butter brand in our household now. Yeah, I mean, the luxury of Lurpak, well, it's gone. So it is interesting and it always, it, 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 it's, it's a really key benchmark of how things are going. And Prezzo, which is, I think, probably in the top five national pizza chain restaurants, are closing 46 stores. 46, it's a lot. And, and they say, well, we've never really recovered from COVID. And it's a story that's particularly close to my heart because Whitstable, where I live, has a pretzel. Pizza Express closed here post-pandemic. And so we used to have a Pizza Express and a pretzel and a ZZ. And now we've only got a ZZ. I don't know if it's just this town, if it's the chain restaurants. We've also had two independent small pizza places pop up. Mm. So I don't know if that's a shift yeah. in our town or whatever. But people aren't spending money out. And I don't know if they do eat out, they're going to less chain-based places. Because you can get a supermarket, you can get Pizza Express pizzas to put in the oven at home, right? Like, you can get that kind of thing. It's much cheaper to do it that way around. Whatever you think about the food at Prezzo, they used to be a successful business, and they're now not. 
is this the tip of the iceberg? Are we going to see more of these kind of chain establishments fail? I don't think McDonald's will fail, but like you say, it's easy. For example, these guys, these kind of uh, establishments employ a lot of people. That's not going to help anything. That's not going to help anyone with these going down. Let's go to the mailbag. This time we've got quite a few posts. Diane? We do. We, we got a good raft of questions this week. Um, I've actually, I've honed it down. I've got three. Will we quick fire them? What do you reckon? Are they ones I like? Am I going to like these ones? I think you once claimed you could answer anything. Oh dear. I mean, I can, absolutely. <laughs> Whether they're good answers, that's a totally different uh, different thing. It was an outrageous claim to make, so we'll we'll see how you go. <laughs> no, no. All right, fine. Oh gosh. What have we got? Right. Let's start off because like it or loathe it, coronation is coming up. There's lots and lots and lots and lots about the coronation in the news. We've got a question from Diana Dyson on Instagram who said, she's a bit confused. She has watched The Crown, but it's not made it any clearer. (laughs) What role does the monarch actually play in Parliament? Okay, 30 second timer starting now. Not really very much of a role in Parliament. Beginning of the parliamentary year, like the school year, the King will rock up in the House of Lords and read a speech saying what the government are going to do. But that's been written for him by the government. So he's literally just reading it out. It's Jack and Nori. It's story time. And at the end of every new bill, the end of every new law, the King signs it and that's done. The King has to sign it. There's no there's no politics at play there. So he starts them off kind of in the King's speech and he ends them kind of with a signature and that is it. Not much then, Diana Dyson. Uh, what's the second question, Diane? Okay, second question. So this is about how much, I guess, personalities matter with leaders in terms of where the party is going. So CC Clare, again on Instagram, asked, what's going to be the deal with Scottish independence now that Nicola Sturgeon is gone? Timer starts now. Hamza Youssef has one heck of a job on his hands, right? Not only has the SNP lost their big, famous, charismatic leader who has been banging the drum for so many years, but also the SNP, there's some dodgy finance stuff going on. I don't know the details of it, but some serious people are being arrested. The SNP are in meltdown right now. Hamza Youssef needs to, over the next year, pull his people back together to really hit the next election with an independence message. Cool. All right. I think this is going well. (laughs) (laughs) Question number three, the last one I've picked. This is good because it's about cost of living and we've just been talking about food and it's clearly on the mind of Aidan Critchley who sent this one in. He said, if inflation goes down again, because it came down a tiny, tiny little bit last month, but if it keeps going down, Will that tangibly affect prices in the supermarket or will they stay high now? Will they keep the extra revenue? Okay, timer starts now. Oh, Aiden, Aiden, you've fallen into the inflation understanding trap. When inflation comes down, it's currently at 10%. If it comes down to 5%, the cost of things will go up slower. Unless you get deflation, which is very, very, very rare, the cost of things doesn't go down. It's not like the pint of milk that's gone gone up to a pound a pint, right? It's not like that's going to go back down to ATP again. It will just go up slower in the future. So hopefully we'll see prices steady, but they won't go down much. They might do a little bit because food prices are particularly going up, but the way you'll see them come down is through special offers. 
They very rarely put the price down automatically, but you'll see more club card offers, for example, that will reduce the costs rather than the headline figures going down. But generally, prices do still keep going up. I let you run for a bit longer because I thought it was important to finish that train of thought, and I thought it was an important question. Uh, sorry, sorry, on. Kobe, was that well done for getting there in within thirty seconds? Captain? <laughs> You've done a very good job. <laughs> Well done for getting there in two times 30 seconds. Tatsun did a very good job. <laughs> two times. Is that twice as good? <laughs> well, we can argue. You fall, into, you fall into the multiplication trap there, Tatsun. What happens when you multiply things? <laughs> Let's see what Rishi has been up to this week. Can I preface this by saying one of my favourite posts on anything in the internet last week was an image of uh, Rishi Sunak's car parade going through, well, I think it was London, and it's surrounded by a cavalcade of uh, cycling and running police officers. And it just looked poor. It just looked really bad. These officers were not used to running alongside cars and didn't look comfortable doing it. And these guys weren't the fittest people to be doing this. And I just thought, is this what always happens? I've never seen this before. Is, is this a thing that Rishi's pulled into us? Is this, I don't know. It just it just looked slightly embarrassing, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't know. Did you, say, did you guys see that clip at all? I've seen the clip. I, I've never seen the cycling. Running police. Yeah, no. New one on me. It seems unfair to make them run. <laughs> <laughs> some of the, I haven't seen it, but so you said some of them are on bicycles. Yes. Like, why not give them all a bicycle? Like, sure, they've got the funds to give them all bicycles. I've diverged, but I, it does come back to police in a way. What has he been up to this week? I don't think anyone can forget, because it was repeated. It was quite the calling card of the 2019 election, if you followed it. And Boris Johnson set out his manifesto. To tackle crime, one of the things he said he would do was to recruit an extra 20,000 police officers. And that's for England and Wales, across England and Wales. And there was a deadline to that as well, which was this year. Now, what happened this week is on Wednesday, some official data came out and Rishi Sunak was able to say, because he loves going back to the manifesto and he loves going back and saying, yep, I can tick that box. We did this. Because as we know, Rishi didn't go through an election process with the general public, but he is basing what he's doing at the minute on that manifesto and on the strength of that manifesto, because that's what got the Conservatives elected in 2019. So he was able to go back on Wednesday and say, look, ta-da, we've recruited 20,000 extra police officers, press releases a go-go. You know, that was his big thing. No, subsequently... Lots of other people have said, hang on a minute, if you go back, if you look at the data in a different way, if you cut it slightly differently, since 2010, we've lost lots of police officers. So yes, you have recruited 20,000, no one's denying that, but it kind of only goes some way to fixing the deficit. In 2019, Boris Johnson just said, we're going to recruit 20,000 officers. He didn't say he was going to sort the deficit out. He said he was going to recruit that. And people voted for him because they wanted that to happen. And it has happened. So that is a manifesto pledge. Yep. And you can look at it another way. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's really interesting. You will see lots around this because it's a bit like when any numbers come out, when we had the pledge to build hospitals, that was another big pledge. You know, when any of these numbers come out, how they are used by each side by each party is very different so how those numbers are played out and it does often come down to 
your overall take on, on the whole picture of policing, I guess. He's made a statement which could be deliberately misleading. The manifesto in 2019 said he was going to get 20,000 more police officers than we had at that point. We now have 20,000 more police officers than we had at 2019. And the Labour Party and the SNP and whatever else can quite rightly say overall numbers haven't changed. But to say we have fulfilled the pledge we made at the election is unambiguously accurate and is in no way duplicitous. My point is, he didn't say 20,000 net extra police officers to clarify, which has given a safety net. And they would have discussed that, is my point. So by their rationale, if they had done 20,000 net police officers, then I'm sure they'd be singing from the hilt about this because that's what they really wanted. But also they made a target that was also there within the site, which is actually lower than what most people interpreted it to be, is my mm. point. We don't know why you don't... No, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't get to... Kobe, you don't get to say how most people interpreted it. That's not... That's You don't know how most people interpreted it. I am most people. Just because you've been on Gladiators doesn't mean that you can somehow have insight into into your millions of fans' minds. I don't have millions of fans, guys. Oh, you do, Kobe, you do. But yeah, so, but again, we're having a big, big debate here about numbers and there's so much more in the debate about policing in general. What's the quality of that recruitment? You know, what about the recent report? You know, there's so much more that we should be discussing. And so this number, it's very like, you know, let's get into the more detail about policing and crime and what we want to see here. This is where these numbers become challenging. I was speaking to a teacher who has said that in the last few years, the quality of people coming through teacher training who they arrive at the school as part of their training has just gone through the floor and they've reduced some of the barriers to joining teacher and this is only very very anecdotal but they've reduced some of the barriers to joining these teacher training programs like key skills tests and other and other bits and pieces and the feeling is in general in this area because i know quite a lot of teachers is that the quality has gone down and this is because of this drive to recruit so if you put a target up of twenty thousand police officers it might be that you have to lower some standards and i don't know if that's the case and i don't want to besmudge anybody who's a new recruit in the police force but there is the worry that you inflate the numbers with people who aren't going to be as effective in that role as they might be in another role. I think an important point to note as we're talking about police officers and recruitment and the changes in the years. Last week, it was the 30th anniversary of Stephen Lawrence, his murder. And at that point, there was an inquiry, dug out a lot of unfortunate negative standings within the police that we thought, that I would have thought 30 years later would have been fully resolved. And we've talked about the status of the police many times in this podcast. And it's a shame that it still hasn't been resolved. Racism, homophobia, misogynism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, hasn't been knocked out. So talk about numbers. Numbers is one side of the story, but quality of policing and overall direction of the police force is something that I think is, I don't know if it's more important, but it's still, it's, it's, a, it's a huge part of the pitch that needs to be addressed. I think that's an interesting point, especially we're talking about the quality of people who have been appointed. You need, at a time when, you know, certainly the Met Police, but other forces around the country are recovering from some incredibly damaging things. 
you do hope, just hope that these are people who can come in and be a breath of fresh air and lead the police force on to something better than it has been or something perceived to be better than the perception has been. We can only hope because we have to support, right? We have to support and hope for these institutions. Tatum, what were you going to talk about for Rishi? The illegal immigration bill, which is the one you know it because it's about everyone who arrives on a small boat or any, any other illegal way. There's some question about how illegal it can be. But if you arrive in any illegal way, you will be put into a detention centre, which will probably be on an old army base, which will be deliberately not very nice because it's not trying to put you up in, in, in luxury. It's there while they sort it out for you to be flown to another country. At the moment, that's just Rwanda and processed there. If you are eligible for asylum or if you're successful, then you'll be allowed to stay in Rwanda, not come back to the UK, you stay in Rwanda. And if you're not successful, then you'll be deported back to the country from which you came. This was finishing its journey in the House of Commons. And there were two areas that were worrying Conservative MPs more. Because don't forget, the Labour Party and the SNP and Plaid Cymru and the DUP and the Green, all of them added together. If they all vote against something, it doesn't matter because Conservatives have enough votes to get things through. So the only, when it comes to votes in the House of Commons, the only rebellions that really count are Conservative Party rebellions. One of the amendments was about slavery. They call it modern day slavery in the Commons and the Times. But I know some people aren't delighted with that term because actually it, that kind of diminishes it. It's just slavery, right? What's going on with people? And Theresa May gave a really good and passionate speech yesterday about how this bill lets down victims of modern-day slavery, because they will still have come in illegally, and then they'll be detained. And th these are victims, and then they get detained, and like, that's not great. And also, unaccompanied children will be detained unaccompanied children. And the government says, if we don't detain unaccompanied children, then people will send their children on small boats, because they know they won't be detained. And we cannot put that pull factor in place. There are amendments on slavery and children. The government have said, we will make changes when the bill's in the House of Lords. So the rebels look like they might defeat the government if they force the vote. The government said, don't force a vote now. Let's have time to look at it. And when this bill's in the House of Lords, we'll add these changes in. So if they're still not happy when it comes back to the Commons, they could rebel again, right? Yes. Well, yes. You can't add your own new amendments when that comes back. But the Lords, the Lords are going to destroy this bill. The Lords are going to defeat the government time and time and time and time again on it. So there will be plenty of scope to bring changes in again in the Commons. Let's use the opportunity to go to head to the final section of the crystal ball and try and determine what the big stories will be in the next week. Diane. This has been my absolute broken record crystal ball for about three or four weeks now. But finally, next Thursday, we will have the local elections. They're not the sexy elections. You're not voting for Westminster. You're voting about bins and potholes and local services and all that good stuff. And I love a voting day. I I'm actually genuinely do love a voting day. <laughs> 
grab your ID if you're in England because you'll need it and get down to your local polling station. That's the 4th of May, Thursday the 4th of May. You can go in Star Wars gear if you want because it is May the 4th. So all of that's welcome. I do have a lightsaber, which I acquired recently. No, maybe go down there. Absolutely. Tell where have you got on the crystal ball? Well, we've got, I mean, strikes, strikes are going on, like teachers, teachers are striking today and teachers in England, teachers are striking again on Tuesday. In England, we've got bank holiday Monday. So young people whose schools have been closed by these strikes will have one day out of six. One day in six, there'll be, there'll be school, and then they'll have three days, and then they'll have another three-day weekend. This teacher strike in particular is seriously disrupting. The government aren't, they're not even talking to the government. They haven't spoken to the government since before Easter. The government are also not speaking to the nurses. In fact, they're taking them to court, saying their strike's not lawful. Well, a few weeks ago, it felt like we were getting progress. We were getting pay deals. All of this was going to be resolved. All of a sudden, it feels like the government are digging in. They've offered everyone pay deal. The nurse have turned it down. The teachers have turned it down. The midwives accepted it, but a lot of the midwives don't feel happy about it. Ambulance drivers accepted it. The government are starting to dig in and say, we've made you an offer. The impact on strikes, my impression is that fewer teachers are going on strike each time. I think there's a bit of fatigue there. I don't think they feel like there's an end game. With no talks going on, how much pressure really is it putting on the government? There are teachers, because teachers, just like nurses, I just happen to know more teachers, I suppose, but teachers are in the job to teach young people and they don't like taking a day off to strike. They want to be in there. They want to be teaching. How the NEU are going to keep them motivated to keep striking will be very important in the NEU's campaign, because if it looks like teachers aren't going to strike, they're not going to renegotiate. So fascinating stuff on strikes like you say the strikes are definitely back in the headlines and we'll hopefully hear more about the progress in next week's episode but guys i think it's time to end the podcast at this point we'll see you all next week make sure you vote heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.